on today's episode, regain and maintain your running motivation with Elliot White. Welcome to the Run Smarter Podcast, the podcast helping you overcome your current and future running injuries by educating and transforming you into a healthier, stronger, smarter runner. If you're like me, running is life, but more often than not, injuries disrupt this lifestyle. And once you are injured, you're looking for answers and met with bad advice and conflicting messages circulating the running community. The world shouldn't be like this. You deserve to run injury-free and have access to the right information. That's why I've made it my mission to bring clarity and control to every runner. My name is Brody Sharp. I am a physiotherapist, a former chronic injury sufferer, and your podcast host. I am excited that you have found this podcast and by default become the Run Smarter Scholar. So let's work together to overcome your injury, restore your confidence, and start spreading the right information back into your running community. So let's begin today's lesson. We have Elliot White on the show today. Brilliant guest to have on, very passionate. And when we were discussing the topic, um, we wanted to initially talk about his book, which we do a little bit. Um, He has 1percentcoach.com and the book itself is The 1% Phenomenon of Running. And when we were trying to come up with how to actually structure the episode, he did mention that one of his big um, passions is trying to boost people's motivation levels and talk about motivation levels. And so once again, I call upon the trusty patrons of the podcast and ask them what um, scenarios do they lose motivation or when do they struggle with motivation? And so got a list of all of those responses and we just talk through um, exactly how um to boost motivation levels in those instances, any sort of practical takeaways or things you can implement in order to stay motivated, stay like steady the course when it comes to the running. And yeah, left a fantastic episode. I'll leave the links in the show notes to Elliot's website, his um, Instagram, his um, book as well. And yeah, hope you guys enjoy. Elliot White, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for joining me. Thank you very much for the opportunity, Brody. It's a pleasure to be here. It's a it's a great topic that we have lined up because I don't think I have any episodes relatively close to this topic, which um, is surprising with the, the amount of episodes that I currently have. And so uh, we're going to delve into all things kind of motivation, how to build up your motivation, maintain motivation levels. Um, but before we dive in, can you just give an introduction to, of who you are and where you're from? Yep, so um, of course my name is Elliot. Uh, As you can tell, I've got an English accent. Um, So grew up in England, the northwest of England, until the age of 25. And from a young age, I've been heavily involved in in many sports, uh, mainly soccer. Uh, I'd need to say soccer, so you you get which uh, shape of the ball it is. Uh, So football and then, of course, athletics and running. But I played anything from basketball, badminton, anything that I could get my hands on. Um, and because I was so passionate about sport, I went into personal training at the age of 18. So I've been a PT for nearly 11 years now. Um, super, super passionate at uh, just helping people make positive change, impacting people and changing their lifestyle in a positive way. 
and uh, I've been a PT for six years in England and then four and a half years in Australia. So me and my wife moved over to Australia for four and a half years ago and it's been the best move ever. So when we actually moved over to Australia, we both went on a little bit of a self-development journey. And I actually learned that when I was younger, I actually had a, a big lack of belief in myself. And I lacked belief, I lacked worthiness, and no matter how good I was or talented I was at, at any sports, I would always get into, let's say, a top-level sports team or county-level running event, something like that, and I would actually compare myself to other people and go, this guy, this person is better than me, this team member's better than me, and I would talk myself out of it just through my own demons and uh, it was quite a, a tough pill to swallow when I actually discovered that and I was like wow I could actually be putting a lot more effort into myself and this played out later on in life until I actually discovered this and I set myself a goal of running a marathon and I said you know what I'm going to prove to myself that with the correct de determination as what it says in all of the self-development books with the correct commitment and consistency you can achieve anything that you want so i said okay i'm going to achieve a marathon and let me tell you brody in the first 25 years of my life i said that marathon running was stupid <laughs> i was like who would do that like nobody would do that that's just silly but it was just down to me not believing that i could actually do it so i followed a 12-week running plan and I ran the Melbourne Marathon in 2018. I didn't miss a run, and I achieved the, my target pace, which was uh, at 3.29, um, uh, in three, 3 hours 29 at the Melbourne Marathon. And from there, I was so inspired, and I, was, I, I believed in myself, and I, I proved that I, with following the plan, you can actually achieve any goal. So I said to myself, right, I'm going to, set the next goal now and I want to break the three hour marathon barrier and I said okay with this it's going to take more determination more commitment so I went all in and and discovered the the best techniques on nutrition on recovery on strength training and, and then of course running as well and then in, in less than two years I shaved 45 minutes off that Melbourne marathon time and I got a 245 at the Gold Coast Running Festival last year. And uh, from there, uh, I thought, you know what? This has inspired me. I'm a completely different human being right now. I, I have to share this to, to the world. Uh, and that's, that's why I'm here today. And um, that's why I wrote a book on, on all of the principles that, that I learned over that past two years as well. So I, I'm really grateful for this opportunity. I love your passion as well, Brody. When I listen to your podcast, you, you have a similar why to myself. Uh, and you, you're so passionate about helping runners uh, stay injury free and achieve the goals that they desire. So thank you. I'm so grateful for this opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it's absolutely my pleasure to try and get the right information to the right runners and listening to your journey. It seems like you've developed a lot personally, but you've also built a lot of lessons and learned a lot of lessons along the way, like you say, around recovery, strength training, like p training plans, all those sort of things. And I was grateful enough, uh, lucky enough to have a read of your book and found that there was a lot of really key topics that resonate very well with the podcast. Like it, it falls smack bang in line with all the stuff that we're 
that we're teaching and the stuff that we learn. Um, but I think uh, talking to you about a, a topic and you're talking about like motivation is one of the main topics that really you're passionate about and like really drives you. I thought that would be a really nice um, topic because it hadn't really been covered on the podcast before. So I went through um, the liberties of asking the podcast patrons around when do they lack motivation? What are the situations, what environments, what um, circumstances lead to a lack of motivation for them? And just wanted to base kind of like the template of this interview around that. And I've kind of prepped you, sent you some of those topics and um, we'll delve into some of those today. The first one I wanted to talk about was um, Reese, one of the patrons asked, well, he commented on weather and kind of like the seasonal lows of motivation when it's like rainy, when it's wet. What do you say? Weather impacts me. Um, if, it, if it's too cold, he'll often like postpone a run. And so I think that's a very common hurdle that a lot of runners would have to negotiate. So let's delve into why that is, why it's so hard to run when it's, when the weather's not ideal, um, maybe being from the UK, you can have personal experiences as well, but, um, (laughs) and let's talk about some action steps that people can do. Yeah, of course. No, it's, um, it's a great question because it, it, it can be if, if we choose it to be a, uh, an excuse, it can be a a reason not to get out there. and, And that can be anything from the cold, from it being too hot, from it being, uh, windy, rainy, snowing, wherever you are in the world, that that they are absolutely valid excuses to to not run, and uh, they are absolutely valid. But one of the first things that I, I I do with myself, and this is something I'd do with with my clients. So there's two things that we can actually strategize on how to overcome the your circumstances, and it's ask yourself why why is it that you want to achieve the running goal? So whether you're looking to improve your your personal best in a 5k or the marathon ask yourself what is the main driver behind you wanting to get there so the 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 most common answer when i hear this is people go oh yeah well i'd love to achieve you know a half marathon or a marathon because i want to feel better it will be really cool now that's the surface level why now what will feeling better do for you in your life? How will that positively impact impact your life? Will it positively influence other people around you? When you achieve this goal, is there a partner that, that will be in, that will be inspired because of your actions and determination? That when you went out in the rain or in the in the cold or the heat, and they said, "Wow, you know what? That takes commitment to do that." I'm actually inspired by your commitment and determination. I want to do the same. And ask yourself, like, do you have children? Is there children that you could be a role model for? Is there a family member that you would positively impact? And then most importantly, how will you feel as an individual when you when you are fully committed and determined and you put your shoes on and you get out there in the cold and you get out there in the heat and it's raining? Then when you come back, that is when you will feel super confident super worthy and you say you know what i really didn't want to get out there today because i in the past i've actually allowed that excuse and those circumstances to not allow me to get closer to that goal but today i didn't choose that and it's it's coming down to that choice and 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 
knowing that your real why and driver behind why you want to achieve that goal, who is it going to impact as well as yourself, but then the people around you. And then the, uh, the second strategy, which this is the one that I use and I absolutely love it. And it, it builds grit, it builds self-worth, it builds confidence because I always say to myself, so throughout my, my biggest circumstances or the excuses uh, that I u- used to want to use were during the, the Gold Coast summer, right? It's beautiful on the Gold Coast, which is where I live. However, it gets bloody hot. <laughs> so it can be plus 30 degrees. It can be 100% humidity. Now, as a PT, I start work at 5 a.m. I finish work at 8 p.m. So when do I run? I run at lunchtime. Okay. So the majority <laughs> of the time, my clients and my friends would say to me, you're stupid. You shouldn't be running at that time. Like it's not safe. It's not healthy. And I, if I allowed those excuses to come in, I probably wouldn't get to where, where I actually am today. But I actually use it as, as a tool and say, you know what, I'm going to get out there because nobody else is. I actually enjoy pounding the pavement when there's a big massive storm outside and it's raining because everybody looks at me like I'm a bit weird. <laughs> and I, I use that as, as motivation. And I look around and say, look at the actual, the, the road that I'm on right now. Nobody else is on this road apart from me. I chose me today. And I, I use that and I get back and say, yeah, it, it was hot. It was windy. It was rainy or whatever the conditions that you're running in. The next time you do it, I invite you to to look at look around you and and see how many people aren't doing it, aren't choosing themselves. And then when you get back, you can go, "Wow, I chose myself today." You know, no matter of what the circumstances are, because I dug on my why and uncovered the reason why I want to do it. But then also, when I got back, I feel bloody amazing because nobody else was there doing it. It makes me think of like when I had Rob Steger on um, ultra ultra runner and we're yeah. talking about <clears throat> seeds of doubt. Like, do you ever see yourself? Um, do you always see yourself finishing or does like a seed of doubt come in during the race that you, you might not finish? And his answer was like, I never have any doubt that I'm going to finish. And mm-hmm. it comes back to the training, comes back to like just the mindset and in a similar way, um, when we're talking about this weather impacting you, you kind of, based on your answer, kind of reframing the situation a little bit and just like reframing the circumstances and ch- changing into a bit of a challenge where some people might actually welcome the cold, rainy days because that's a bit of a challenge because yeah. it's not all going to be perfect weather. It's not always going to be the, um, oh, I love running. I- I'm looking forward to running. There's, there might be that seasonal kind of dip, but... take that as a let's see what i'm capable of and that would carry over into say performance because you have been so headstrong and because you have been so diligent with your training then when it comes to the hard moments in a race or in a marathon you have no seeds of doubt because you've continuously drilled in when the times get tough that you've told yourself um no excuses this is how i'm going to reframe things and this is how i'm going to perform it's kind of like this is what i'm accepting of myself these are the standards i'm going to set for myself and then exceeding that or like you know keeping to those standards um i want to ask though when 
you said that that first step was really digging deep with your why. Um, what did you personally delve into when you were training for say like a sub three marathon or trying to really tackle those, those marathon PBs? What, what, why did you end up coming up with? Yeah. So it was from when, when I uh, learned about my lack of, lack of discipline when I was younger, my lack of commitment to myself and lack of confidence, lack of worthiness and when I was younger, I used to turn up to the football field and I would just do enough. I would just, when I would turn up to the, the, the county runs, uh, the cross country, I would just do enough. And I knew on reflection that I could have put a lot more effort in. So the real why for, for myself and the, and the sub three was to actually build my self-confidence and self-worth and, and just prove to myself, because I've read many self-development books, they all said, if you actually, you know, do do the work yourself and you follow it consistently, you can achieve anything. And, and I said to myself, I've never done that in my life. I've never fully gone all in and committed. So let's do it and, and see what actually happens. So it, w- it was for me. And then as I started to do that along the way and make huge, vast uh, progress in, in, in a short space of time, people was actually becoming inspired by that as well. And I was like, whoa, well, this is actually my, my why in, in personal training is to impact people to make positive change. And this is now happening because I'm uh, improving in my own running and fitness as well. So it was kind of a, a snowball effect from from just wanting to improve my, myself, my self-worth, my confidence, and just to, to prove that I could actually... Just quickly chiming in here to let you scholars know, I have just updated my five-day injury prevention challenge. This is one email per day for five days, learning new concepts and diving into the science on how you can reduce your risk of injury. The sign-up link is in the show notes, so fill in your details and I'll be waiting for you in email number one tomorrow. Really do it. Yeah, I can see how that can definitely snowball like once you give yourself a commitment, you achieve a goal the next goal becomes easier because you're developing as a person as you continuously grow and you're kind of proving more and more to yourself as you go along. Exactly. The the second topic, the second kind of situation we want to lay down is the, the time of the day. And one of the patrons, Lee, said, I often wake up early. If I wake up early, I get after it. You know, it's easy to do that. But if I wait until the evening, I can think of a, a thousand excuses or a thousand reasons why I don't need to train. And... Melody, the other patron, jumped on the back of that and agrees as well. Um, why is this the case and what are some action steps we can take in this situation? Yeah, okay. So um, the, the action steps to take, so again, it's really, really common. So the most important thing is with your running plan, try and try and have a look at your week and map out your week when, when you're going to run. So whether it's all, every session in the morning, every session at lunchtime, evening, and try and verbalize out loud, like that is when I'm actually going to run. So you're making a verbal commitment to yourself because it, it's more likely to come true when you say it out loud. And it's so important to try and limit the, the debilitating language that you know we all have, which is it's so, so important to have that self-awareness. And then secondly, if things, distractions come in and we maybe have a late night or something like that, which can happen in life because, you know, those everyday routines sometimes get get um, knocked out of place and we, we may have to run in the afternoon. Now, there's so many times 
throughout many occasions where throughout the day, an eight hour day of, of work, you're going, well, I don't want to run because of this. I don't want to run because of that. And it's that excuse that that's coming in until I actually learned to, to prime my own environment and to create a success environment. So if you know that you are not running in the morning and you know that it's going to be in the Arvo and that's usually a challenge for you, then you need to prime yourself and prime the environment that you're in so you can actually execute that run. And whether that's taking your running shoes and running clothes to work and leaving them at the office door visually so you can actually see it. Or when you get home, your running shoes and, and clothes are, are literally in front of you on the floor. So it primes you to, hey, put these shoes on <laughs> right now and get out there before you do anything else, before you relax and sit on the couch and put the TV on or whatever that is, before you do any other task. So it's priming your environment for that. And that can be used in the morning and, and the evening as well. So the workplace you, 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 where, you, where you live, you can prime absolutely anything to increase the probability of the habits that you wanna create uh, to, be, to make them easier to happen. And then, sorry, go on. I was going to say, why do you think that some runners, like say in Lee's case, why is there a thousand reasons to not run at the end of the day? Whereas there might be some people where like they love running in the afternoon, the evening, and they, they'll think of a thousand reasons why not to get out of bed in the morning. Like it's the total different time of the day. Why do you think that's the case? I think, yeah, I think it comes down to the routines and habits that you've currently got. So if you are a morning runner and you most of the time get it out of the way in the morning, then we all do have that, let's say that little voice in the head that likes to talk us out of achieving the things that we want. Listen, I have that every single day, still, still to this day. Um, but it's actually becoming aware of it and, and, and overcoming that. And the more you actually lean into that and put your shoes on every single time, the more that little voice in your head gets smaller and smaller and smaller. Now, unfortunately, it doesn't actually go away. It's still there. It's just we become stronger at actually changing that. So I, I think it, yeah, it comes down. I, I don't really know why that happens because... It, it unfortunately does. It's our ego trying to keep us playing small and, and, and the, allowing the excuses to come into play and, and allow us to, to not achieve that goal because we, we, you know, we don't feel good enough on, on, on achieving it. But what we want to do is, is prime the environment around us to say, you know what, every time, every time I feel like I don't want to run, Every time that's an excuse, I'm going to make sure that I put my shoes on. I'm going to make sure that I achieve it. Even if it's not the actual run in your plan, if you really don't feel like it. I've never, ever come back from a run when I've not felt like it and said to myself, that wasn't enjoyable. Every single time I've given myself that pat on the back and gone, boom, I feel like a better person today. I feel mentally stronger. And it's important to know that like when we go to the gym, it doesn't it takes a long time to build muscle right it's exactly the same with our mental strength we need to 
treat our mental strength just like a muscle. The mind needs to be treated like a muscle. And every time there's that little voice, that limiting person inside our head not wanting us to to get up in the morning or not wanting or giving the excuses in the afternoon we have to overcome that and lean into it and 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 execute the plan because we become mentally stronger every single time yeah i I think just people in general like some people are just morning people some people are not morning people and they know who they are they know like where they thrive where in the day they thrive and so when it comes to a plan and when it comes to say a long run, which might be quite tough, like schedule it in advance when you know that that's where you're most likely going to kick into like a really good motivation kind of time of the day. And say in Lee's case, when um, he's recognizing that, okay, if, it, if I plan something at the end of the day, I'll think of a thousand reasons why I shouldn't. Mm-hmm. Um, if you recognize that's the type of person that you are, and something happens where you can't exercise in the morning, it's doing exactly what you were saying. You're kind of reducing the friction, reducing the hurdles, reducing like as many obstacles that could be in place when you do say get home from work and it's making things as easy as possible for you to execute um, because you know that's the type of runner that you are. You know that's the type of mindset that you're more likely to fall into and so it's being proactive and kind of thinking a couple of steps ahead and almost setting yourself up for success. That's really good. I like that. Yeah, exactly. The third one that we have um, is when it comes to like lack in motivation is when it comes to the pointy end of training, the pointy end of marathon training. You'd have experience with this as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Melody asks, so the, well, um, submitted this saying the pointy end of the training is when I feel tired, I feel overwhelmed and um, it's of kind of like, what's to come and that's when she kind of loses her motivation so what would advice would you have for melody <coughs> excuse me sorry um yeah sure again this can this can happen a lot with, with runners it gets to that uh, kind of two three weeks in, in the build-up just before and sometimes we can be tapering and, and training slowing down have we done enough um and we're reflecting a little bit on am I really going to going to achieve that goal so it's important to self-reflect I think on a weekly basis to 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 look back and be like how did my week actually go did I achieve every single run that 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 was in the plan and how did those runs feel do I feel good have a stretch enough have I done my strength routine and just um giving you that little small amounts of self-validation along the way. So going, yeah, you know what? I, I have executed the plan. I did do my strength training. My, my nutrition has been on point. So I should be feeling really, really good for the for this race day. Um, so it's giving yourself that validation along the way of the, you know, the 12, 20 week plan, whatever it is in that marathon buildup. One of the tools that I use in, in, in the final 12 weeks is a tool called visualization. So I do it uh, via meditation in the morning. And so visualization is when you visualize exactly what you, the way you want to feel, how you want to perform on that specific race day. And since I've implemented it, it's been an absolute game changer for me for for the morning of how how I show up and then certainly how I perform in, in my marathons as well. So 
what what happens with visualization is the the, the mind when in a, when we meditate and we visualize what we want to happen the body does, the mind doesn't know the difference between imagination and reality so when we are imagining the the positive feeling of of race day when we when we actually turn up on that race day it's actually as if we have already already been there so what I do in the 12 week build up a set of timer for 10 minutes in the morning and sit in it in a meditation pose and I visualize from the moment that I want to that I wake up that morning so I visualize my alarm going off I ask myself how I want to feel on race day I ask myself how I want to consume breakfast, how breakfast sits on my stomach when I'm doing my trigger ball and foam rolling and mobilizing before the race, how I want to feel when I'm putting my shoes on, getting my gels ready, my my sports nutrition ready. And then when I turn up to the race, there's obviously a lot of people and trying to ask myself how I want to feel. Am I tapping into the nerves or am I knowing, in a knowing that I've absolutely done enough in this past 20 weeks to achieve everything that I want to achieve and then I visualize the next steps of of most importantly when you go to the toilet that's a a big one when when you're training for a marathon when you turn off on race day when do I go before before the race and then the most important part here is a step-by-step visualization of the course so kilometer by kilometer I have a a vision of my kilometer pace my watch ticking over every kilometer I see that specific race pace so my last run was 355 pace I had to be on point every single time on that watch so I know that when I do that I'm on target I feel good the training's going absolutely perfectly The, the the hills the turns Every single point of that marathon is so important to visualize because when your body, when your mind doesn't know the difference between imagination and reality, you've already been there. And then here's the most important part. I've never been in a marathon towards the end of it and it hasn't got hard. (laughs) So I visualize it getting hard. I, I visualize being fatigued, my body feeling heavy, my my body feeling sore, but then driving forwards and pushing harder. And actually, since I've implemented this tool of visualization, I've finished my last two marathons stronger than my first 10K. So the last 5K, I actually speeded up. And I know that it might be from consistency and following the plan, but I'm a strong believer of this this tool that I've just described because when I hit that 37k mark and I'm out of breath I'm tired I'm sore and I go I've been here before and I'm, I'm going to push forwards and I'm going to drive even more and that tool it's itself in the build-up so meditation is an amazing tool to reduce stress anyway but when you want to achieve a goal such as a marathon and you're actually imagining that process and imagining the success and imagining the time on your watch every single day it's 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 starting to you're starting to believe that it's going going to happen and your stress level and an anxiety is that little bit lower because you're going through the course step by step and you're going through the morning routine step by step and that's been a game changer because 
uh, in the first year when I was doing lots of different races, I couldn't sleep the night before. <laughs> I literally couldn't sleep. I was so nervous and wake up in the morning. I'd barely had any sleep. And I, I, I actually, uh, again, through my self-development, I was like, wow, people talk a lot about visualization. Let's use it into, into the marathon and see what happens. And it was a massive, massive game changer for me. I could definitely see if someone's, say, three, four weeks out from a marathon, kind of <clears throat> feeling a bit daunting. They've got another couple of long runs to go and they it just seems like the the process, the it, it can become overwhelming. But then reframing it in a way that if you are visualizing and visualizing the crowd, visualizing the hype of the day, it actually can kind of switch to being more exciting rather than overwhelming or daunting. And I do think that in general, not for everyone, but in general, people put a lot of weight onto races. They put a lot of emphasis or they attribute a lot of meaning to races as well. Um, they think that if they don't perform on race day, then like that's six months wasted. And that yeah. can, if they think that way, it puts a lot of anxiety on themselves to perform. Yeah. But if you kind of re reframe things away to think, you know, there's always going to be another race day. This is just a chapter. Um, but also just if you're mentally rehearsing yourself over and over again and it's turning into excitement or it's, it's turning into something that you've been there before, that reduces that anxiety and reduces that kind of tension, the mental kind of tension itself. Yeah. And I know reading Phil Hayes' book, who I had on um, a couple of months ago, talked about visualization and mental rehearsing and had that little tip that if you try and incorporate as many senses as possible, so you see your watch, you hear the crowd, you can taste the, the aid station, like water, all that sort of stuff. If you incorporate as many senses as you can, that's just the, the mental rehearsal, the brain kind of making it more realistic for you. And it's more effective in that, in that regard. So um, yeah, I think, I hope that answers your question, Melody. I think that, that was a really really nice practical kind of approach to take it and um it can marathon training can have those hurdles or kind of those peaks and troughs of excitement and um a sense of it being overwhelming or um daunting so yeah i think that's that's really nice the fourth one that i wanted to discuss was not necessarily for training for a marathon but people can lose motivation when like life kind of stress gets in the way or like c tends to overcome them and we have terry who said that um a lack of motivation um can definitely trigger if there's if he allows stress to get the better of him and andrew said that sometimes if he's increased stress or there has like this anxiety depression kind of shows up it can be harder to roll out of bed and get started and so in those sort of circumstances in those life situations what advice do you have for, for runners to maintain or build up some motivation yep sure so the the first action to lean into is to try and understand where that stress is actually coming from so to sit and just stop for a moment and and ask yourself like wh where is this wh what am i feeling most stressed about right now is it something at work is it something at home is it my relationship and is there is is there anything that i can do immediately to to try and you know lift the lid off 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 that stress level and 
and is there a conversation that immediately needs to be had to 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 instantly lower that stress level because stress is it's self-created yes there are external things that can that can raise our stress level but it is up to up to ourselves uh, about how we react or respond to the stress so firstly it's asking yourself what am i get getting stressed about and then can i have a conversation is there anything that i can immediately do to to lower lower that stress level lower that feeling of stress and then secondly ask yourself the question of what is in what what is within my instant control right now a lot of the things that are external stresses are out of our control. And the moment that we come back to ourselves and we say, what is within my control? Is what I'm currently thinking about um, time and time again out of my control? And it, and if it is, it's going, okay, right. If it's out of my control, there's nothing that I can do about it. What can I control right now? And the, there's a number of things that that we can uh, increase or uh, the way that we can increase or decrease stress in our lives and it's the of course like exercise is, is is the first one so yes if we if we feel um unmotivated to to go for that run it's knowing that yes maybe not a long run or an interval session is the key thing to do right now but going for a nice aerobic run with a nice low heart rate will lower that stress level and we, when we get back we're going to feel like a different human so when we're stressed um, it's it's energy that's in motion that that turns into emotion that's the way that we feel and we need to move that energy out of us through a nice aerobic run or however however you want to do it like through a workout or something like that and then the other controllable is any um, the way that the food that we eat, so the nutrition that we eat, so we can increase inflammation or decrease inflammation with the nutri nutrients that we're actually eating, and we want to increase decrease inflammation as much as possible by eating whole foods. And I can guarantee when we eat whole foods and drink the correct amount of water, that will automatically lower our stress levels and, and, and make us feel like better humans and make us have a mentally clear headspace because of the food that we eat, the water intake. And then the, the, the next one is super important with, with alcohol is alcohol is usually used as a, a de-stressor, but actually it increases inflammation within our body. And then certainly the next day, we our IQ goes down because of the toxin that's in our body. So it actually, actually adds to the stress level, the lifestyle stress that we're currently feeling. So they are all within our control. And it's using those choices and going, right, in this moment right now, firstly, is there anything that I can immediately do do take to take action on it secondly what's within my control in this situation and then thirdly what things or actions can i do straight away that can actually lower that stress level and allow me to continue to just firstly have a great day and get back to feeling good again and then secondly picking up that 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 running motivation again because again it can be used as a as an excuse not to run because we've had a stressful day but it's one of the number one tools to actually reduce stress and, and move that energy and emotion out of our bodies. Mm. It's about like heightening your emotional intelligence a bit as well and like 
separating yourself away from the the situation and kind of, I guess, internally processing what that emotion is, where it's coming from, why is it there? Because a lot of times, like you say, stress is, it's internally processed. Like someone could be positioned in a, what they think is a stressful situation, but then another person can be under those exact same circumstances and be totally fine with it. And so um, I think it, like I said, it does require, uh, it's like self-created. It does like, if it is self-created, then we can also change meaning to it. We can also change kind of your mental circumstances and turn into a positive rather than something that's incredibly stressful. Um, just start to change that meaning, change that kind of sense of it. And when you're talking about the um, what you have control over, I've, I've found so many people, they worry about the things that they can't control, which yeah. what's the point? And yeah. um can't remember who said it, but there's the, the quote of like, if you, if you can change something, there's no point worrying about it, just change it. And if you can't change it, there's no point worrying about it either because you can't change it. And so <laughs> just make sure you recognize the two, make sure you recognize whether you are focusing on something that you can control, um, you are changing it or changing the meaning of it. Um, and recognizing if you can't control it, then there's no point worrying about it because there you might want to change your understanding or the meaning behind it because it's just going to stay there. It's going to it's going to exist whether you like it or not. Yeah. And so, um, Dimmer also asked along this kind of uh, topic with increased stress. Said when he's tired and lacking of sleep as well, that's when he tends to lack motivation. Would you yeah. would that kind of fall in the same sort of circumstances? Yeah, definitely. So. Uh, that's probably the one thing that I actually didn't add in. That's, that's within our control, which is is sleep. Sleep is absolutely huge. So it's it's reflecting on your lifestyle choices as well. So your your lifestyle choices can either increase or, or decrease the the stress that we have at, in our in our own environment. And yet, Brody, sleep is absolutely huge. And everybody's different. Everyone needs a different amount of sleep, and alcohol directly affects sleep as well. So, and uh, that's a, the the two work hand in hand. They're in co- correlation with that. But yeah, if we're not sleeping well, there's been many many times where I've had a just one bad sleep, and it's a tempo run the next day. And the throughout that whole day, I'm like, this tempo run is going to be shit. I'm not going to looking forward to it. It's terrible. And then when you actually execute, you go, that was great. <laughs> I don't know what I was talking about. Um, but it's the uh, I think the little voice in our head that I actually spoke about earlier. So that ego voice actually gets amplified when we are stressed or when we are tired, and it it. it tries to help us play smaller in life and it's becoming aware of that and then actually saying what what's within my control right now to actually lower this stress level and make me feel like a better human how can i feel like a better human in the next 12 hours and there's many things that we can control to to action that and, and and make it happen straight away yeah well said um, the fifth one that we have here is like goal setting or like not having goals or lack of goals. Um, Terry asks or writes when he lacks motivation um, is when he, he lacks having a goal, like say the world at the moment, a lot of races are being canceled or were canceled and that can really put a lot of down on a lot of people's motivation. Um, what could be some strategies for people to keep their motivation levels high if their goals all of a sudden get cancelled or if they're, they're just not training for anything at the moment. Yeah, okay. So uh, 
We'll go to the events first. So let's say you're training for an event and you know, six weeks out, three months out, whatever the situation is, your event gets actually cancelled. So you, you want to ask yourself that question, which is shit. Um, and, and I'll get to that. Like, it's it's not cool. We've been training for it. We've been looking forward to it. But ask yourself the question, do I actually really need an event, a start line and a finish line to achieve my running goal? And the, the answer is no. Do, do I need the people do I need an audience the answer is no like you can actually still go out and in that same date and do do a time trial and you can still work towards it and I say this because uh, last year when when COVID actually happened I just trained for the whole of summer the Gold Coast summer and uh, as we all know we went into lockdown at the end of February and I was training for the Gold Coast Marathon and in this Gold Coast Marathon, I was going to officially break the three-hour marathon. And it got cancelled in March. And I was like, shit, right, what do I do now? Uh, do, do I continue this or, or, or do, I, do, I, do I quit? Do I give it up? And many other people around me were going, that's it, training's done. And started to make the wrong choices with their food, with their alcohol, because of the external environments. And I said to myself, you know what? I've trained this this hard. I've been training for about eight months since my last marathon. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep going. I'm going to keep the date, the 7th of July. And I'm going to train and, and do, execute the running plan that I actually set out to, to, to execute. And along the way, because I was telling people along the way, I'm still going to do the Gold Coast Marathon. I'm going to do it virtually. On the actual race day, there was 25 people on, on the finish line. <laughs> there was no finish line, but I told people where I was going to actually be finishing. There's 25 people. My wife was next to me for the 42 kilometers on the bike. And it was the most incredible day ever. And I ran it virtually and it was incredible. And the people around me, they actually said, you know what, I'm going to set a new running goal because of that as well. Um, and luckily enough for me, the, in, the Gold Coast Running Festival came in, in September so I could execute the, the actual official time. But it's asking yourself that question of do, do I really need an event? And what I would suggest and invite you to do this is if you do get a cancellation, show yourself what you're worth of, what you're worth, what, we, what you're worth. So you can do this, continue with the goal and turn up virtually and tell people about it, make it, get social uh, pressure and social proof and say, hey guys, I'm actually still going ahead with my 10K run, my 21K run, whatever your goal is and say, can you turn up on race day on virtually for me and be there? Because I still want to achieve my PB. I still want, you know, a race environment. And is there someone that could be on the bike next to you handing you your fluids or something like that? And watch it. It's an absolutely incredible, incredible moment when you actually make that happen and then if you've not got an event the the second second part if you've not got an event make one so set yourself that goal in in 12 weeks time like you would with a running plan or 20 weeks time and and maybe tell people hey guys i know we've not got an event but i'm actually going to meet up at this point i'm doing a 10k loop a 21k loop whatever it is who's in who wants to join me and let's make our own little virtual event, um, with depending on you know your current restrictions. But 
that like make make it yourself like it, it it it's it's really really amazing yes events are amazing on the day and the atmosphere and the environment but if you've got your your people around you your closest family members or friends it is absolutely magic when you do it and then when you finish you reflect and look back and go i did that myself i didn't need an event mm. i could definitely see that for like there will be some runners who need a goal, need a race, need something in front of them in order to stay highly motivated. But there's also runners out there that don't need anything. Like they just love running. They love trail running. They love getting out in nature. They just do it for mental well-being, And like, mm-hmm. that's their motivation, just getting out and exercising. So I think it requires a little bit of um, self analysis, like what, what internally drives you are you motivated with the social aspect of things? Are you motivated by times? Is it a time-based sort of thing? Do you need a goal to keep you driven? And if you are one that does need something in front of you in order to get out of bed and get exercising, then like you said, just create one. If you don't have one, just create one. And I think the the last topic that we want to cover here kind of um, flows on nicely. And John, uh, John says that there's, a lack of motivation when there's a lack of variety in his training. And so um, what could be some tips? What could be some strategies if someone's finding that their training itself has been quite monotonous and they're just lacking that motivation to keep going? What would that, what would those tips and strategies look like? Yep. Um, it, it, it's a, it's a tricky, tricky question with, with that one. So, as we know, we're like with running, seventy percent of your actual running plan should be done at a, in a aerobic capacity. So, if if not, you're increasing the chances of becoming injured, creating niggles, uh, fatigue. You know, many many re- reasons what or signals and feedback that your body would actually give you. So. There's there's not many runs over the past three years. <laughs> in an aerobic capacity that I've gone, fuck yeah, I can't wait to, to do that 10 or 12K run. And it's being it's having the understanding that there are going to be days that are going to be boring. Listen, my choice, like I've got a beautiful running track, but it's turn left or right. And my aerobic runs are an hour. They're exactly 12K. And I know exactly the turnaround point. <laughs> I know exactly when my watch is going to buzz. And I've done that, you know, four times a week, 12K for the past three years. And that's at the aerobic pace. So what I would suggest that to, to add variety, just make sure there's variety with your interval sessions. Make sure there's variety with your tempo sessions and then your um, long runs because there's ways that we can add variety into your training plan. And, and I try to do that with my clients as much as possible. But it's the understanding that most of the time you're going to know when that turnaround point is you're going to be uh, running at the same pace at a, that aerobic capacity so i would use tools like listen to this amazing podcast put your airpods in put your favorite tunes on or listen to listen to this podcast there's so much value in this listen to other podcasts what whatever it takes to make that running the aerobic running, the hour, the 45 minutes, whatever it is, become easier. Like, for example, when we when we go on holiday, like we live in Australia, if we booked a trip to Italy, 
Yeah, when, when we get to Italy, there's a beautiful lake, there's stunning vineyards around there. The destination of that holiday is absolutely fantastic. We get there and go, wow, this is absolutely amazing. Just like the personal best that we achieve in, in running. But the journey is a 24-hour flight, sometimes 30-hour flight, maybe six movies on the flight, six hours standing in the airport with your bag and, and your luggage, maybe driving to the lake in, in Italy to the vineyards, which is a six-hour hilly drive. That's not really that enjoyable. But the end, the end destination is, right, which is when we cross that finish line, which is when our Garmin pops up and says, new record, which is when Strava, who loves Strava, when we look at Strava and it says, new PR, that's the end destination, that's the, the driver behind it. But unfortunately, it's that understanding that, yes, there are going to be many days that the that it's it's going to be boring. It, we know what track we're on. We know that it's going to be a low heart rate run. But they are the most important. And I, I say to myself, everybody asks asks me for to to change the running plan to run faster. Like why do I have to run so slow for a low heart rate? Things like that. But they are the base. They're the foundation. They're they're the most important runs because everybody, when motivated, can do an interval session or a long run. Everybody can. But not many can turn up time and time again and do that aerobic run and 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 test yourself and, and it's the it's resilience it's that determination and commitment and it's asking yourself are you interested in achieving this goal or are you committed and if if you're committed you'll absolutely overcome it but certainly bang the podcast in and listen to some music uh, look at look around and if you can change the the external environment and tr- choose some different tracks then great but the majority of the time it's being okay that there's going to be some um some boring runs definitely it's positive it's a positive situation nonetheless like if you have to change the circum like if you find that it is quite monotonous then change the scenery it still might be the same duration the same tempo go run somewhere else, go listen, listen to something else, um, yep. something that like motivates you or something where you're learning. I love listening to podcasts when I'm running because I'm kind of learning as well as running. Um, but I also like to turn it off every now and then listen to the birds and like, just listen to the, the flowing water. I think, um, that's something that's, that's quite nice as well. But if you don't change the, that environment and you're listening to the same thing over and over, take it on as a challenge say all right maybe a monotonous run builds up my resiliency maybe it just we know that a marathon can be one step in front of the other for four five sometimes more hours maybe this is a chance maybe this is an opportunity for me to be monotonous and be comfortable with monotonous and so you're kind of building up that mental aspect that way um, which I really like and I think all of these themes um, all of these answers all these topics that we kind of covered is just all round mindset it's all it's all around sort of changing your attitude changing your um reaction to certain circumstances it's changing how you feel about it um and yeah i think we've covered a lot as we wrap up are there any kind of final takeaways that you might have anything that we may not have discussed around motivation that you want to highlight no, I think we've we definitely discovered discussed some absolutely amazing points, and it's just to to finish on the fact that the the only person that is going to hold you back from achieving your goal or not is, is yourself, 
And it, it's are you going to allow the excuses or distractions or circumstances to get in the way of achieving your, your next running goal, your next personal best? Or are you going to break through those excuses and distractions and uh, circumstances and, and build that resilience and, and, and be the most committed human that you could possibly be because you can achieve it. It's, it's within everybody's reach. I can tell you love talking about this. Like you're standing up, you're animated, you're sort of <laughs> moving around. You can tell it, it really strikes it. a chord. Yeah. Um, <laughs> tell us, tell us again about the book, what, what, it contains and where we can get a hold of it. Um, yeah, so the book it's called the One Percent Phenomenon of Running, uh, and it's how to fast track your personal best without overtraining. And it's pretty much got the the story of my journey of the that how I fast tracked my own PB and shaved forty five minutes off my marathon in less than two years. And it's called the One Percent Phenomenon because. I did a lot of research on the one percenters such as visualization, such as uh, studying sleep and nutrition and basically all of the one percenter tools to to improve your, your, your running uh, in, a, in a shorter time than normal. And yes, a one percenter on its own may make a one percent difference. But if you add up all of the one percenters at the same time with strength, recovery, nutrition, running and your mindset, then it can create a compound effect on on your performance. And um, that's what my book is about. It's currently on Amazon. And um, yeah, you can find that via my website or simply just searching searching the 1% phenomenon of running on, on Amazon. Nice one. And any other links you want me to include if people want to learn more about you and find more of your content? Yeah, of course. So my, my website is the1percentcoach.com. And then my Instagram is usually where I'm most active and try and give as much value, mostly around mindset and running. <laughs> Who'd have guessed it? <laughs> uh, and that's underscore Elliot White. Brilliant, mate. I'll include all those in the show notes as well as like the link to the book and everything. Um, yeah, mate, thanks for coming on. This was great. I think we've covered a ton of stuff and some a lot of content that people might not have really examined or self-reflected on and so i really want you i really want to thank you for coming on and sharing all your knowledge now thank you so so much it's been an absolute pleasure to be here and uh, yeah i hope everyone gets a lot of value from it and that concludes another run smarter lesson i hope you walk away from this episode feeling empowered and proud to be a run smarter scholar because when i think of runners like you who are listening i think of runners who recognize the power of knowledge who don't just learn but implement these lessons who are done with repeating the same injury cycle over and over again who want to take an educated active role in their rehab who are looking for evidence-based long-term solutions and will not accept problematic quick fixes and last but not least who serve a cause bigger than themselves and pass on the right information to other runners who need it. I look forward to bringing you another episode and helping you on your Run Smarter path.